for tuning into this episode of Udos and Vivin. Thank you for tuning into this podcast episode. And on today's podcast episode, we have, and then go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, so I just want to start off saying thank you, Jasmine, for having me on this podcast. And I'll go ahead and introduce myself. So my name is Carla Medel. I'm originally from Eastern Oregon. I'm a fourth year student at OSU majoring in psychology, and I also have two minors, one in Spanish and the other in HDFS, and I'm also the president of Here to Stay. Yeah, thank you so much, Carla, for introducing yourself. You're appreciated, and thank you for taking the invitation of wanting to further discuss today. Do you want to um, state a fun fact about yourself real quick? Yeah, um, a fun fact that I usually do during the first week of the term is that I'm originally from a small town. Um, it actually has less people living there than there are students at OSU. So yeah, that's a pretty small town. Yeah, and then Oregon State, approximately like 30,000 students. Yeah, I think it's like 28. Yeah, um, a fun fact about myself is I have braces. Do you want to share a quote that you like and why you resonate with that quote, Carla? Yeah, so a quote that has always stuck with me, I think, since high school. I'm not really sure whose it is, so I can't give them credit for it. But it goes something along the line of that even a strong storm can't break down a tree with strong roots. And um, this resonates with me a lot because with identities that I hold as being a daughter of immigrants and a person of color, a Latina, a woman, all these identities, um, what the quote means is that no matter what comes along with my way, all these challenges and obstacles that I might face, I have strong roots and I know what I stand for. So nothing can break me and nothing can bring me down. Yeah, that's a really good quote, and um, I like how you kind of resonated with that, with our culture, as we are both Latinas, um, and yeah, I think the quote I want to share today is, believe you can, and you're halfway there, that goes alongside with, like, our people, nuestra gente, the ones that were piscando during the pandemic, the frontline workers that despite the heat and the pandemic or in the field. Shout out to um, our people and yeah, just believe you can and you're halfway there and use that inspiration for ourselves and what our parents and our grandparents have done for us to want, just for us to have a, encouraging us to have higher education. And yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And so on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about being a Latina in higher ed and what it took for us to get to higher education. Working for HCC at Oregon State, being an advocate for our community, and the importance of standing up for what you believe in. And so, Carla, I'll let you go ahead and start the conversation. Yeah, so let's start off with talking about getting to higher education, and then from there I think we can go on to here to say some of the kind of the way that went things went in chronological order. So uh, for me, as I think for many little Latina and Latino kids, and I think just kids in general, our parents always tell us as we grow up that they want us to be someone and do something, maybe something different than they were able to do. In my case, my parents, for as long as I can remember, remember they always said that they wanted me to work in a place where I didn't have 
um, dirty nails and I wasn't getting overheated when it was, when summertime came around and things like that. They wanted me to have a nice job, an office job, um, a nine to five type of thing, or some more importantly, just something that I was going to work because I was passionate about it, not simply just to earn money. And so I think they always instilled it to me that like education was important. I needed to go to college. And so I took it very seriously from a very, very young age. Um, the point where I kind of hit a road bump was like around middle school, we would have career fairs. And I remember my peers, like the kids around me, they, they kind of knew like what they wanted to do and they knew how to get to college and everything. And I was very confused because I wasn't like them. I knew that I wanted to do things. I just, I didn't know how. And so then I came to realize that it was because their parents had gone to college and their parents have good jobs while my parents didn't go to college and they work out on a farm or they work in a factory. And so we were just very different. Um, I remember I was really upset for a while because I, did, I didn't know if I would be able to get to college. And then in high school, I was introduced to a club called Generation College. It was led by two faculty members in my high school. They were our mentors and they worked with first generation students only. So students who their parents hadn't been to college at all. And um, they took us onto college campuses for tours. They helped us find scholarships. They helped us apply to college when that time came around our senior year. They're just really, really helpful. And I, I thank them a lot because I feel like I had a lot of passion and drive behind me, but I don't think I would have been able to navigate it all because it's a lot um, to do by myself. So I feel like they're a good amount of the reason why I was able to make it onto OSU's campus. Yeah, thank you for speaking about that and for sharing that, um, Carla. I went to a preschool program, Head Start, and through there, I had my preschool teachers. And then throughout elementary school, um, I'm very glad that I was able to be involved in programs like BLAST. BLAST was basically, um, it was like an after school program where we can do homework and do like field trips and just do arts and crafts. In middle school and then high school, high school I was more involved in TRIO, which is a, it's a program that helps first-gen students do TRIO based in high school field trips and career fairs. And so taking that into consideration, I think myself, I'm appreciative of being able to have had these programs since a young age, be able to, and being able to have access to these. And yeah, kind of like what you were saying, like a little, little Latina girl that might be like a kindergarten, that it's really important that when you have a mentor or a teacher that kind of helps you, that how much of a difference that can make. And so, yeah, all has working for, um, HCC at Oregon State University helped you, improved you, shaped you, strengthened you, challenged you. And so, yeah, I'll go ahead and let you answer that question. Yeah. So even though I was really excited and I was 
passionate about making it onto a college campus. I had a really hard time also um, when move-in time came around because that year was the year that Donald Trump was voted into presidency. So I was really scared of leaving my parents back home because of their immigration status or just my family back home in general. I didn't know how things would be. And so I considered not coming to, camp, uh, to OSU, to the campus over here for a while, but my parents being who they are, they didn't let that happen. They said that I had to come, I had to do something, I had to be better and take this opportunity. And so I listened to them and I came, but I also made it a plan for myself that I would find people like me, a community like me of students who go through similar situations as myself because I knew that if I didn't find anyone I would not make it all four years at OSU because it, it's just too much to handle all on your own and so my first year I took an ethnic studies class and in that class uh, here to stay's founder Priscilla and then a close friend of her Juan um, they came into my class and they were talking about this club that they wanted to put together and they wanted to invite us. And um, it resonated a lot with me. I was like, yeah, I, I want to do this. And then they talked about, they were putting a visual together, a candlelight visual, because right around that time, DACA had just been rescinded. And so I went to that visual with last year's um, vice, pres vice president, Zenia. And I remember the visual was really, really nice. The speakers were all great. But I ended up getting really emotional. And not necessarily because I was sad, but because I felt supported and I had found people who thought like me and who had been in situations like myself and were okay speaking about it, which I had never really seen back home in my small town. And so after that, I was like, okay, I'm sticking it out with this club. I'm going to see how this all goes because I was new, but the club was also new. And so as with that club and I really enjoyed all of the work that we have done. And then Priscilla ended up graduating. And so someone had to take her position as president. So I took that position on this last year, um, my first year as OSU president. And it was kind of hard at times. I just feel like there's a lot to do and like a lot more that can be done, but we can't do everything like we're students as well. But I think at the end of the day, it was really rewarding. I enjoyed it a lot, which is why I'm carrying on my presidency until next year. I'm not sure what next year will look like, but I hope that we're able to do some great stuff. And I hope that even after I graduate this year, the school year coming up that Curtis Day continues and there's a next president and next members and just a lot of things to be done because I feel that even though we have made a difference on OSU campus and Corvallis and the surrounding area, there's a lot more that can be done. So I just want to see this type of work continue. Yeah, I agree. Continuing to advocate for community and the DACA recipients community or just your general POC community. The question to you is how has being an advocate for the Here to Stay Club at Oregon State help you with planning work or help you learn and navigate how to plan? 
And if you've ever had any challenging moments or if you've any had positive moments while, um, yeah, while planning. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty much like already the type of person that likes to have everything set out, really planned out. I get very anxious when things aren't planned out. So ever since I can remember, I've always had a planner. I've always had like, I don't know, just everything put into a line that I knew how things were going to go. So coming into this position, I I knew that I would be okay with that. Like I could put our agenda together and I can do all that stuff. Um, what was different is that I had to plan with other people as well. And like, I think with the work that we're doing, it's, it's really important to include other people in our work. And so sometimes it can be hard to plan things when other people also need to be involved in that. So that was kind of hard sometimes that I had to wait on an email or I had to wait to hear from someone. I had to figure out who could do this for the, us or who could do that for us. And so I think that's, that was the most challenging thing this last year, this last school year. But other than that, I think I'm a pretty organized person to start with. So I haven't had it super, super hard. I hope this next year goes the same or even better since I've had one year of experience. And I, I think that I've kind of figured out what community organizations or even clubs and organizations that OSU can do what or can work with us in different ways. That way I'm not just kind of trying to figure it all out at once. Planning in general is something that can be very beneficial and handy, especially as both of us are students um, and in extracurricular activities, how that can really help. Have you ever had a burnout or have you ever experienced a near burnout and haven't? You can also just state that you haven't had a burnout. I don't think anything super crazy that like lasts for a while. There are some times where like, I hear things or I see things and it just makes me like really upset and I'm like this like it's not going to get better we're always going to be the way that we are but I don't like to think that way either so I get down I get frustrated for like half an hour and then I'm like no Carla <laughs> like stop we have to keep going we have to figure out what we can do next because I know that even though like things continue to be shitty day after day that they were better than where we were before. Like there's people that came before us that did work and that probably got burned out, but they got us to where we are now. And so that I know that even though I might have days where I'm not feeling it or I, I can't see anything positive in like our community, our society, or things that I see on social media, I know that the work that I'm doing, the work that you're doing, the work that other people are doing across the United States will be good in the long run for the future generations to come. And if you are advocating for something that like if you're putting your time and energy into it and it'd be heavy on you when um, when you are trying to improve something or if you get sort of prejudice, some sort of prejudice while planning, that can also be really heavy. Those emotions can be heavy, you know, like um, whether you're um, maybe angry or if you're, you know, 
So I think it's reminding ourselves that it's valid to feel what we feel. Alongside, you were saying how um, people continue to be advocators, and I think that that's a really coming out of a great commonality that we have seen, especially during the pandemic. And yeah, so my question to you is, why do you think, or what's the importance of standing up for what you believe in, and how has how have you been able to speak your truths and what encourages you to speak out about things or injustices? I think, I mean, like from the beginning of time here in the US, um, it wasn't made for people of color. Like it started all with the Native Americans and African Americans and Latinos and Asians and everyone. It wasn't made for us. And so we have experienced all this stuff and it like I feel like at the beginning it was hard hard to say something that was different than the people that hold power over us and so I think I felt like that for a long time back in my hometown because I feel like there is a good amount of Latinos but I feel like it's a conservative town and that always feels like it overpowers the numbers that we have so I feel like at the time I never really felt like I had the voice to speak out the way that I have at OSU. Like I would just talk to my parents about things, my friends about things whenever out in public. And so when I came to OSU, I was like, no, like we're not going to do this. We, if we want change, we need to say something about it and we need to talk about the things that we've experienced and the things that we feel. Cause I feel like even though it might be hard, that's the only way that we would actually get somewhere and get to a place that we want to see things at, which I feel like is what we're also seeing now in the news with like the Black Lives Matter movement is that now people are, are speaking up, they're being loud, they're holding, they're taking up space, as much space as they can because it's their right to. And even though it might come out of frustration and anger and sadness, it's to change something in the future, which, yeah, I just think our voice is really powerful and we should use it even though it takes some time to learn how to do it. Yeah, I definitely wanted to just okay, if there's an individual that might not really know how to s- stand up, uh, for example, like or just in general or aunts or even maybe our parents have faced racial discrimination or prejudice, um, prejudice views have been um, been upon them and I think that's also important that if someone might not know how to speak up for themselves or kind of like learning to speak up that might be a process to learn how to speak up for yourself but that also myself also encourages me on why I need to speak up when things happen but yeah you know, doing all this stuff, but speaking up can look different, because even with the Here to Stay group and, like, the members that come to our meetings and stuff, I know that there are some people that don't always speak up and talk and tell us their ideas. But but them just being in the meeting is, yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. They're there, and so it just, it comes in different forms. Some of us are louder than others, but we share what, like, how we care differently. Yeah, that was um, greatly highlighted. I think that that's also something that we should emphasize and normalize or continue to um, normalize that. Um, sometimes speaking up 
or showing your allyship or showing your strength doesn't mean you have to be loud verbally. Sometimes it's you sometimes it's you holding yourself accountable to go to a meeting. Sometimes it's you accountable to read a book and then discuss about it or sometimes it's just you just you trying to you know like speaking up comes in various forms and I think that's also something to acknowledge and yeah because you brought up a good point and my question to you is what would you say that it why do you think it's important for students at Oregon State to continue to put the work in for the HEC club and what do you hope what do you hope that this upcoming school year for 2021, um, what do you hope that are some events or projects or improvement or what do you think that are great um, events that might be brought into our, into the um, HEC club? I think first for the first part of your question, um, OSU started off as a racist uh, university and so there's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of work that has been done. And I know that for us as students, it, it can be hard. Like we're trying to go to class, we're trying to study for our midterms and our finals, and then to have to do work on top of that, just so that you feel like you belong in a space. It's like, come on, like, do I, if I really have to do this? I shouldn't have to be doing this because my white peers aren't doing this. But like how I said, I, I try to not be selfish and think about it like the little Latina girls that are going up right now that might be coming to OSU later and like making the space for them. And so I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. Just try to find something inside you that like keeps you motivated and keeps you like keep moving forward even though times might get tough. And I feel like I see a lot of that right now at OSU and it makes me really excited because I know that there's meetings being done and there's movements and there's people speaking out and so it makes me really excited to see this out with you and see how things might be later on um and yeah I want to see it keep going even after I graduate um for here to stay this year we just um finalized our scholarship with the Corrales Multicultural Literacy Center so I hope that as the word keeps spreading out about the scholarship, I hope it gets used because I know that um, immigration fees, immigration processing fees are super expensive on top of having to pay for tuition and rent and books and all this other stuff. So I hope it gets put to good use by students and the community. And yeah, I just want to keep on advertising that as the school year goes. For other projects and events, it's kind of hard to plan right now because it looks like for fall term at least things are still going to be remote which I think is cool but it makes it harder to plan things because I feel like you can only go so far with social media and stuff so I think that as we get closer to the school year maybe we will be able to figure more things out I definitely want to keep moving forward with kind of the theme that we had going last year with broadening the idea of what immigrants look like because I know that immigration always gets associated with Latinos and immigration's far more than just Latinos so I want to keep spreading that but like I said it's just kind of hard trying to figure out how to do that over social media but yeah I think once we get closer we'll we'll definitely figure something out it'll be it'll be good
Yeah, and I think I would like to share more input um, as we are a club, taking into consideration our ideas and working as a community. But um, I thought about the idea, maybe like maybe we can create a, a, a website, virtual information informative, where we can have our links or our, um, our outlets. Um, and yeah, yeah. And so my question to you is, do you have any other uh, highlighting topics you want to talk about or any other emphasis you would like to talk about? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and proud of myself to see how far I've come from being this little girl that didn't know how to get to college to being a fourth year student going to graduate this next spring. So I just want to keep pushing the idea that you can do it if you have the passion and if you have the drive. And, you know, having the correct mentors, like, look out for people who can help you. Um, you'll do it. I believe in all of y'all. And, um, yeah, also with this work, like how I mentioned, it's hard. But keep pushing forward. Find something in yourself that keeps moving you forward. For me, like how I said, it's the little kids that are going to come after me and for my parents and for my aunts and uncles. So, yeah. And I just feel like being a person of color is so hard but also so rewarding. And I know that we have the strength to do anything we want. And so, yeah, yeah just yeah. Keep, keep moving forward. Yeah, I think our Nostra Gente were resilient, were hardworking, were genuine. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much, Carla. I also wanted to emphasize that. I think what's kind of like learned upon, at least um, similarities with our culture is that even though, uh, for example, like, piscando in the like going into the fields and picking or piscando even in the hot weather like maybe sometimes over a hunter like the work still has to be done so I think that's what also has helped me and I really like the idea that you said like the little girls that might be in elementary school right now that are oh like oh if she's in high ed and I see myself in higher ed too yeah and so thank you so much Carla for for tuning in and chatting today um and yeah you are appreciated and much gracias carla and yeah i'm excited as well for the hc club and see how we're gonna um further be able to work um post covid and yeah and so muchas gracias carla um thank you all for tuning into this episode of vibras and vibin and yeah thank you all